Welcome to the UFTA Podcast. Hosted by Emily O'Connor and Jordan Rudolph. The UFTA Podcast brings you a surprisingly fresh take on everyday topics in health, fitness, and everything in between. We want to open the door to explore new information and new solutions in a way that's easy for you to understand and apply to your own life. Let's get into today's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the UFTA Podcast, Season 2, Episode 23. I'm Jordan Rudolph. I'm Emily O'Connor. We are happy to have you back, and hopefully in the next few weeks we'll be able to tell you that we're also, in some way, shape, or form, of some caliber, known to the city of La Crosse County, or the city of La Crosse and La Crosse County as something in terms of, like, best gym and best trainers. Um, somewhere in that standpoint, but we'll see. We're, we're, we're up against some giants in our area uh, of the best of category, and respectively so. Um, but we were just excited to be final five on all of them. Too. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool voting up yesterday, and like you said, we'll know we'll know more uh, once the once the counts come in. But. Yes, we're going to continue the theme of singular topics in our uh, which which is tending to be the trend in in the latter parts of season two, um, and then we're going to bring on some guests in the uh, next couple episodes for sure. The next one, maybe the next two. And we're going to get back to a little bit more of that. Probably be a little bit more nerdy talk on that one because it's a good, good, good buddy of mine that's coming at you in Season uh, season 2, Episode 24, um, Antone Snyder. So, Antone, when you're listening to this Monday morning, uh, we are very excited to uh, to get a hold of you and, and jump on the show with you and have you on the show. Yeah, I'm excited to kind of, I've actually never met him, so excited to kind of meet him uh, for the pod and have him bring his fresh, surprising new take uh, to the audience as well and all the the nerdy science that undoubtedly we'll cover. Um, before we get to next week's episode, diving into this week's episode, we are going to be talking about one of, I would argue, the most important principles out there in programming, in training, in really any kind of health and fitness gym goal, if you will, and that is the principle of progressive overload. Uh, it's come up a few times in conversation. I was actually talking to someone on the floor about it just at three hours prior to this as we were recording this episode at noon today. And the principle of progressive overload essentially is the idea or the principle, for lack of a better word, of doing more than you were previously. You're overloading your body, adding more of something in some capacity each time you step foot in the gym, into a workout, etc. One of the biggest things that I want to make sure we discuss is that there's several ways that this can be done, but the principle of it stays the same. So I'm going to bring back a, a little rhyme that I was taught, again, from my coach and mentor, Alan Cosgrove, of uh, principles uh, are, methods are many, principles are few methods may die but principles never do Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of different ways to skin a cat but the skinning of the cat is the principle right and and that's a metaphor Uh, again another one but the principle of the progressive overload principle is one of the few that we use here that's kind of like the secret sauce behind our entire backbone of strength training philosophy and our cardio and metabolic training philosophy. It, mm-hmm. it, it goes hand in hand with both, and we're educated enough to know how to use both of them, um, sometimes isolated, um, kind of exclusively, and sometimes mutually uh, together. 
but uh, there's a few other principles that are out there, like the said principle, mm-hmm. which is more about specificity and, and everything else. We don't need to worry about that with this episode because we really want to hammer home the progressive overload principle. It's, it's not our terminology either. That is a well-known thing in the fitness or strength and conditioning industry. Um, it's how that you continue to get results and make sure that you continue to get stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, we can come up with our definition, but I will look up a quick definition, maybe even use the NSCAs. Yeah. Let's just see who comes up first. Um, <laughs> but it might be it might be a, a little bit of a progressive overload principle. And I'm doing this on Google. Masterclass. Nice. Masterclass.com. Um, progressive overload is a strength training principle. The central concept is to make your workouts more challenging over time to place greater stress on the musculoskeletal and nervous system. Basically the same thing Emily was just saying. This is important because what happens is your musculoskeletal and nervous system respond to your initial load of strength or stress, which then the results are you get stronger or you adapt to make sure that you can handle that. But if you keep staying at that same load or intensity, which is known as stress, your body doesn't uh, ultimately result in any change. It's just doing the same thing over and over and over and you will hit a plateau. You will stop getting results. You will stop getting stronger and maybe even go back the other way because your body's realizing it doesn't need to respond or recover in a way to help you mm-hmm. with that stress. Um, but regardless, this is a science-based, science-backed, research-backed progression system that will help you gain strength, encourage lean muscle growth, build endurance and get you results Mm -hmm. i want to circle back there on something you said about recovering from the stress and that's where it's really important and we you just touched on it there where when we're adding we're stressing the body with external load let's use a strength training example here but the same would apply for a running analogy any cardiovascular activity you're stressing the body with a load and the body then is forced to recover from that load repeated efforts of that over time your body then adapts and learns what it has to be how it has to transform how it has to change in order to handle those repeated loads over time so when that load stays the exact same so if we'll use a squat for example if we're only squatting 20 pounds the body will adapt to squat 20 pounds and that's it So if we have to pick up something that's heavier than 20 pounds, let's use a large grandchild, for example, right? Mm -hmm. It won't be ready and capable enough to do that without maximally stressing the body because picking up that grandchild is the heaviest thing that you've done versus if we're squatting 40 pounds and we go to pick up our 23-pound grandchild, our capacity, our room to handle that situation is much greater. So we're essentially training in a way that allows us to be stronger in life and allows our body to continually adapt and change to these loads. It will adjust to the loads that it is demanded of uh, over time and, again, with repeated efforts. And the goal of that is to not have this person who wants to pick up their grandchild or pick up groceries or carry those type of things, uh, when you say like the reference of the hypothetical situation of 40 pounds, 
Uh, it doesn't mean that this this could be a squad of a uh, goblet squad, mm -hmm. a front loaded squad, uh, two kettlebell, whatever Ooh. squad. It's just squatting with 40 extra pounds. Uh, this doesn't mean that we need to keep going to like 40 and 45 and 50 and 55 and 60. Eventually, though, that does come into play to an extent. But our biggest thing here is that we are training you for uh, what you're able to handle kind of in your real life so that we're not putting you up in a situation where you're in your real life and that you cannot do those things because you just overshot your capacity. And a 60, 65, 70, 75, 80-year-old, whether they're squatting or not, they might not do it as much, nor nearly as heavy as like a 25 or 30-year-old, um, nor the same type of squat. Like that one might be doing a 20, uh, the 25, 30-year-old might be doing a back squat of a couple mm -hmm. hundred, few hundred pounds for their sport, uh, while the other person might be doing that 40-pounder. Regardless, though, the application of what you do in the gym and what you're able to build in the gym should be able to apply where the stuff in real life outside of the gym becomes easier. Yes. A term I really like, and I forget where I heard this for the first time, but it's one rep max living. So if we are constantly undershooting in the gym where it's a safe, a structured, a controlled environment, oftentimes we set ourselves up for where everything we're then doing in life is essentially a one rep max. We're lifting more than we have. We're going more miles than we have. Our body isn't trained to accommodate that. And while in a single day, that might be okay, repeated efforts of that, you're essentially, your life is harder than your training and you're maxing out constantly. And that's where that can run into those problems of injury, et cetera, as we aren't trained enough to support the demands of life, whatever those are, like Jordan was saying, for you are gonna be different for the person. Mm -hmm. So I really like kind of thinking of it in those terms. I like well. it. I like it too. Um, one of our other mentors, uh, Dr. Sean Pastuch, would say it's practical fitness. Mm -hmm. So um, we don't have to have a 65, 70-year-old doing a one rep max of a squat in our gym. Right. Um, we can get an idea of how strong they need to be in order to fulfill their everyday life, but we don't need to have them doing one rep maxes. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't need to test that frequently, maybe even if ever. Mm -hmm. uh, where the athlete that's younger and in sport and maybe competing may need to, um, or it may need something that it may be a time that we need to do for certain circumstances for certain people to kind of get a better training adaptation going forward once we hit kind of like that threshold of the progressive overload. Because if we think about it like this too, uh, if a person comes in and let's just say they squat and it's 10 pounds, and then week two we go to 15 pounds. Week three, we go to 20. We just add five pounds a week. At the end of the year, we've added five pounds every week. That gets quite a bit heavy. Like if, if, if we do the math, we do five times 50 just for easy math. Like that's 250 pounds. Like eventually a person will hit a plateau on that. We cannot keep going up five pounds. That's when we can add different types of sneaky methods into there that still apply to this principle but it could be something where we slow them down. We could change the stance. We could change how we hold the implement. Uh, we could change a lot of different things to keep getting results. But we wanna push that progressive overload as much as we can because we know that the research supports it and then we know the person will respond better to it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's that's the other part too, right? Right, yeah, I mean, it's, it's very, like we were saying at the top of the episode, this is not our term. There's been countless years and studies of research that have supported you get stronger when we add more weight. And there's different ways that we can, again, formulate that or change the load on the body with 
Maybe it's a single leg movement versus a bilateral movement or, you know, a step up versus a squat. The step up will have help in assisting how heavy you can squat and kind of that uh, crossover effect, if you will, right? When we get stronger in a step up, chances are without even squatting, your squat will get stronger too. But it doesn't always go the other way. So we can kind of adjust side to side. We can add weights, all of those things. Um in terms of allowing that body the chance to recover from those demands. Yeah, and just a quick example of like that crossover effect, I've done tons of different types of training. I've had programs designed for me. I've, I've trained for different things over the last six, seven, eight years, and I have not tried a back squat PR since then. Just haven't needed to, didn't care about it, hmm. X, Y, Z. But then late last year I tried one and I was up 10 pounds from my previous PR which was like six seven eight years ago whatever it was um and then I also just said screw it we'll try the front squat one too and that was up as well um and I think that was up 10 pounds as well so both went up uh, but I didn't ever train those just kind of like went into it and just thought you know it's a good time to just see where we're at and let's see those have zero application towards what I want to do and achieve in my life right now. They won't help me look better. They won't help me build confidence a little bit. They won't help me uh, necessarily golf better. They won't help me perform better um, to an extent. And they also won't help me feel better to an extent. So I was just kind of doing it for, quite frankly, shits and gigs just to see where I'm at. Uh, But again, bringing this back to most of our people, we don't need to test those things out often for most of our people for practical mm-hmm. fitness. But we also can't be so far like suboptimal mm-hmm. that we don't get any feedback from it either. Like resistance training when we train is a stress or feedback for the body to stimulate some sort of change. If we're not giving the body feedback, why would the body have to respond? Right, it wouldn't. It doesn't have to. <laughs> right. And to an extent in this too, Somebody who says, well, I can do this for 20 more reps could get some feedback, but it's probably going to be more cardiovascular, mm-hmm. which is good in terms of like, oh, I did a 30-pound squat, but I can do this 20 more times. Okay, if you could, you'll be sore maybe a little bit tomorrow, but that's more of like a cardiovascular benefit, maybe endurance benefit. If we want to keep making sure like the capacity is being increased with joints and muscles and overall strength, um, to an extent the weight needs to probably be challenging that that mm-hmm. feedback too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think it's tough to be in that spot because oftentimes we can be unsure, like, oh, maybe I can do it, maybe I can't do it, right? There is a bit of hesitancy if you're listening to this and you're like, ooh, like, I don't know. Like, I feel to an extent comfortable at the weight I'm at. It's feeling good. I feel like I got a good workout afterwards. But taking that step to maybe just try it for a set. Right. If we have Mm -hmm. three, maybe we try it for one. Maybe it's the first one. Maybe it's the last one, depending on how you're feeling when you walk in the door. Heck, maybe it's the middle one. Not always the most popular choice. But Mm -hmm. if you try it in the second set, you're like, "Eh, that was maybe a little too heavy. Maybe we do go back down. There's always kind of that openness to just try something different and try to ask your body to do a little bit more for you. Try to place a little bit under try to place it under a little bit more stress and just see what happens. It will either adapt or you will know like, okay, not quite there yet. 
And that's where we can use any of the other tools we talked about in terms of implement or change of a load position, et cetera, that can help you achieve a similar benefit to overloading the program or overloading the movement without necessarily increasing the weight. And if you're trying to get results or you're plateaued, one of the ways that we can do is just kind of reset this progressive overload principle as well. Again, I'm going to say to an extent again, because I say to an extent, because when we program, we keep all of this in mind and it's very much individualized. I don't want to say one thing and have you guys hear that one thing and run with it. It's to an extent because it applies to your everyday, true, genuine, customized, individualized lifestyle. But we know that getting stronger and following this progressive overload principle, whether it's holding a plank for 30 seconds, the next week going to 35, then 40, then 45, works really well. And we want to run with that pattern until we can't. Mm -hmm. Then we modify. Then we find different uh, methods or alternatives to help continue progressively overloading the system in a way that still will create adaptations and results. But if you continue to not challenge yourself in this way or beat around the bush of it or just try to kind of take things easy, you will not get results from that long term. Mm-hmm. You, you will, it, the body will kind of revert back mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, to kind of tie into one of our... You don't use it, you lose it. Yeah. If it was last week's episode or the one before, I don't remember what it was, but we were talking about feeling like trapped with nutrition, like you're doing all of the things, but nothing is going anywhere. Mm-hmm. It can be a similar effect where you're like, yeah. but I'm going and I'm doing all of the things that are listed, but the stress on the body just isn't enough to get you there. Yeah. And we need that progressive overload to continually change the system. Yeah. And, and that's, that's how you will continue to get results. It, when, when people hire us as their coach, we basically take care of that entire thing. Mm-hmm. And even when they go to year two, year three, year four, we have people in year seven, year eight, year nine, year 10 here. Uh, we'll continue to apply that method uh, with it. And there is some training response to it. If you haven't squatted in months, weeks, months, years, and you have squatted a lot in the past, you kind of detrained yourself from it. So you can build back up. And that's kind of what I meant by like, you can go through this system again. But what happens is your body gets a training age. And the more frequent you are to it, the more active you are with it, the more consistent you are with it, your body needs to have different demands imposed on it to create the change and adaptation to it. You can't just keep doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting the results. That's that loose definition of insanity. Yes. And you're kind of hinting at that specific adaptation to impose demands, the said principle that we touched on in the beginning, where that's how the body changes. How do we want the body to change? What are your goals in your life to kind of touch on our practical fitness? Not, you don't have to one rep max everything that you do necessarily, but is the gym preparing you enough? Are you doing enough and nothing else extra on top of that or extra fluff to provide you the stimulus that you need to be prepared to handle your everyday life? And it's getting enough of that stimulus that is the key and kind of where we're touched on in the progressive overload is to make sure that that is there so that those results do continue long-term throughout your growing training age 
and beyond in whatever your goals are. The current ones you have, the ones you'll have in the future, the ones you don't even know you want to chase yet. For sure. And, and again, tons of different ways that you can do this and apply this. Tons of different types of exercise and, 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 and all of that stuff too. Uh, but the biggest thing is that this is probably one of the best overall principles to follow until you can't and then you get more specific or more practical creative creative um, with the other principles but this is kind of like the the true backbone of strength training every good coach should be should have progressive overload principle in their programming yeah like if they don't they're they probably they're not, I would consider them not doing? a good what coach at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it. So whether you know it or not, if you've hired a coach or following a program, they should have this in mind. Mm-hmm. If they don't, you probably need to find a new coach, like ASAP, or a program ASAP. Yeah. Like, right away. Um, but this is how long-term stuff is created. And then the longer you go, the more creative, like Emily just said, like you just said, em, mm-hmm. uh, you, need to, you need to be. Yeah. And that's where, again... That's where the coach can come into play, mm-hmm. do that stuff. Right. So progressive overload principle, super, super important for your results. It can be applied towards all ranges, but when it's time to strength train, you need to focus on progressive overload of the intensity of the load of the weight. When it's time to cardio, might be some different aspects you can look at. Five seconds longer, five more reps, um, whatever it is. Uh, but but it can be applied to that stuff too. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, the biggest thing is you can't shy away from it. Otherwise, you won't be getting what you want out of the entire program itself anyway. Right. It is it is quite literally the key to continued results. Yes. Yes. So uh, keep that in mind when you're looking into programs going forward and your results going forward. Uh, take a step back and maybe take a bird's eye view or ask your coach, ask your gym, um, are we applying this to our methods? Are we applying this to my program? Where so? How so? Where can I be looking better? Uh, and make sure that you're continuing to, to go forward with that. Um, just increasing the education and communication on your end was our whole po- topic of this podcast. Mm-hmm. So we uh, we always try to do that, but it's it's the uh, the number one principle uh, for long term results is is this program in terms of strength training and, and fitness probably too. Definitely, definitely. I think that about wraps it up on our cool. progressive overload. Thank you guys very much for tuning in. Always appreciate you listening. Uh, if you want to share this with someone who needs to hear it, leave us a rating, a review, like, subscribe, all the things, uh, whether it's here on social media, downloads, etc. cetera. Uh, those all help the show to grow, and we appreciate it very much. So we will chat with you next week. Uh, like we teased at the beginning, we will have a guest on next week's episode, so stay tuned for that. Getting a little nerdy, a little sciencey. Until then, I hope everyone has a great rest of your week whenever you're listening to this, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Thanks, everybody. Bye.